Hello and welcome again to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. My name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the North Carolina saltwater fishing community since 2003, bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now the growing in popularity Saltwater Podcast Series. And in this Saltwater Podcast Series, we reach out to the captains and guides from up and down the North Carolina coast to share their insights on how to catch more fish more often. And I think that the goal isn't just end with more fish more often. We're also just trying to get you to spend more time on the water with more friends and family more often. I'm joined, um, I'm joined as I am every episode with my co-host Billy Thorpe. Um, this episode is titled Artificials for Flounder on Inshore Structure. Artificials for Flounder on Inshore Structure. We'll make sure I got that right. And we're featuring this week Captain Dale Collins of Fisher Dye Charters out of the Swansboro area. Uh, the areas we're going to be covering include such areas as where to fish, best lures, and then how to fish those lures. Um, Billy, Billy Thorpe, Thorpe yeah. Creative. What is going on, Gary? Glad to be working with you again. Dude, gl glad to be here. We made it one more week. Here we are. <laughs> we're uh, having too much fun. <laughs> Learning all kinds of fishing stuff, man. Last couple episodes have been great. Man, it's, it's crazy amazing. that we are getting rich doing this podcast. That's, that's the real kicker. I, didn't, my, I had to get a new wallet because I had so much. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. If anybody wants to make us rich, we'll totally. We got some sponsor locations available. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call. Give us an email. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, let's see. If you're watching or listening, um, you know how to do that. But if you're not, I want to show you how. I want to tell you some other ways you can watch or listen. Uh, listen, you can listen on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you're if you're on your way out on your boat, just uh, put it on your phone there and you can listen on the way out. Or if you have time and you want to watch and see Gary's beautiful face, be sure to check him out on or check <laughs> us out on YouTube. And uh, be sure to subscribe and like. Uh, those algorithms really love it when people subscribe. Like uh, in and you know Apple rewards us for those things and and YouTube and all those platforms. So be sure to do that. And also while we're talking about it, we'll talk about our sponsors making this very episode possible, which is Marine Warehouse Center. And we got a quick message from them. We'll be right back. Marine Warehouse, we have everything. We have new boats, we have parts, we have accessories, new trailers. We have a complete service department with highly trained technicians. Anything you need to get out on the water, we have. It. At Marine Warehouse Center, as we've grown over the last few years, now have a large section of marine supplies from start to finish for all your boating needs. What I love about this region is to be able to get out on the water, and also we love to be able to get you out on the water. The best part of working at Marine Warehouse is being able to get involved with the customers and share a love for the water. Boom, right there you go, man. Good looking crew. They you do know, it all. You know, I usually talk about Emmett at this point. Uh-oh. You got somebody else? Well, yeah. <laughs> the other half of Marine Warehouse, Terrell. He uh, called me. All right. Oh, he did? He said, hey, man. You never talk about me? You never talk about me. <laughs> and I said, uh, uh. Is that the question? Is that what I'm answering? Is that very statement true or false? Is that what I'm doing? No. Oh. The question you're answering. <laughs> because once I get on a theme, I like to just ride it into the ground. Hey. Perfect. I asked you if there was an Emmett, North Carolina. The answer was no. I asked you if there was a Stovall, 
North Carolina. The question yes. is no. Terrell got on me, said, include me in this. Oh. I said, all right. <laughs> Billy Thorpe, true false. There is a Terrell, North Carolina. I'm going to say no. Final Every, answer. Everyone that lives in Terrell right now is hating me. Is not going to subscribe. <laughs> Catawba County. All of those unsubscribe buttons were just hit. Terrell, North Carolina, and Catawba <laughs> County is not All no right. longer a fan oh of the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry. My bad. I'll do better next time. I'll make sure I know every city in North Carolina by the next episode so I don't get these <laughs> questions wrong. I think Terrell's fine. I think He's Terrell, fine. North Carolina, is fine, actually. Yeah. I mean, they're getting plugged. I mean, think about what this is going to do to the township, the fact that we are talking about it in the Saltwater <laughs> Podcast. Oh, man. Show me a fish photo. I'm going to show you one. Here we go. There we go. Clark Wheeler from Leland, North Carolina, with a flounder that he caught and released, by the way. Make sure we put that out there. Behind Baldhead Island using a, a lead head with a soft plastic. Nice-looking fish. That picture was so tall. That fish was so tall, I had to, to edit that photo a little differently. Um, and Gary... I'm not going to say too much about this, but I see he has a Fisherman's Post hat on. Like, is that a thing? <laughs> That's two shows in a row. Fisherman's Post shirt, Fisherman's Post hat. Yeah. No, there's no connection there that people who are wearing Fisherman's Post apparel <laughs> are suddenly getting selected to be a fish photo of the I week. I didn't think so. I, I thought, I, Pure I, coincidence. I know you're better than that. <laughs> but we do have some for sale on the website. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, man, too much fun, too much fun. Billy, I want you to know that you need to pay attention to Dale Collins talking about flounder for several reasons, but one of those reasons is Billy's best takeaway. I'm going to be ready. At the end of the podcast, remember, I'm coming to you and asking for you for the Billy's best takeaway. But right now (coughs) I'm going to Captain Dale Collins. Captain Dale Collins, are you there? I'm here. Right on, Dale. Good to see you. Captain Dale Collins of Fisher Die Charters out of Swansboro. And before we cover this week's episode titled Artificials for Flounder on Inshore Structure, Where to Fish, Best Lures, How to Fish Those Lures, the people want to know. They're trying to decide whether or not to stay tuned. Why should the people listen to you talk about a flounder? I've worked really hard over the past years to learn how to catch them on structure. And uh, flounder fishing is, is flounder's not a fish that just anybody can go catch. You have really got to fish for that fish at times, so you you know you just there's just tactic tactics and places that you got to learn to fish and 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 learn to fish fish them right to to make it uh, make it work for you. All right, that passes my test. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay tuned. But in the podcast we have a reoccurring feature. It's called the two questions, and this is where I ask you two questions that are non-fish related. I know you're in, very much anticipating these two questions. Are you ready, yeah. Captain Dale Collins? <laughs> Dale, I fished with you. I know you're a Kid Rock fan. So your questions have to do with Kid Rock. Are you prepared? All right. All right. Lay it on me. What song by Kid Rock was playing in the movie Coyote Ugly when the girls were dancing on the bar? I was watching the girls. I wasn't looking at this to the music. <laughs> I got to call that right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know no other way to answer that. The song was Cowboy. Huh? It, it might have been Cowboy. It was. I'm telling I you. Was, I looked it up. I, was, I did not know I it. I Googled it. Girls. That is not a question 
<laughs> we're not getting off on that being your second question. That was actually the answer to the first question. I'm just saying, I, I was looking at the cowgirls. I wasn't looking at the tomato tissue, no cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> question number two, again, with the Kid Rock theme. What was Kid Rock's character's name in the 2001 comedy Joe Dirt? Oh, my God. I can't remember that. <laughs> he played it well. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember his name. Robbie. I have no idea. Robert. Was it Robert? Or Robbie. I mean, the Google told me Robbie, Robbie. but My if you said Robbie, Robert, Robbie, I was going to give that ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the Google. <laughs> the Google. Yeah. His, his real name is Robert Ritchie, so yeah, he was probably, it was Robbie. Well, let's talk flounder. All right. Artificials for flounder on inshore structure, and I think the place that you wanted to start is the logical place, and I guess probably the main question you're talking about structure, but let's go into more detail about where to fish. What you want to do is you want to you want to hit you want to check docks, you want to uh, bridge pilings, uh, and like I say, dock pilings and all that, uh, boat ramps where they've broken off or just where they've got a good drop off behind it. Uh, when you get to these docks, you want to look at if it has a boat lift on it, shallow water. Anytime they drop that boat down, it's going to blow out a little hole underneath it. So then flounder will get right in there and lay around that. And uh, just, just that's the kind of structure I fish. It's, it's mainly docks and bridges and seawalls. Seawalls are very good, especially at high tide. Seawalls are great at high tide. So docks. Docks, low tide, mid tide, high tide, it depends. Give me, give high, me some help there. High tide when I'm fishing those docks, I'm going to get, I'm going to get just as far up to the grass, grass as I can or to the seawall that's on them. Because the bait and stuff's going to be running. They're going to be pushed up into that grass or around that seawall. And these flounder will lay, lay their nose right up against it. So I'm going to get in between those docks and I'm going to get right up to it and I'm going to fish them just like I'm bass fishing a rubber worm if I'm using a plastic or a, like a pig and jig if I'm using a, a bucktail, which is my favorite thing to do. And as that tide falls out, I'm going to move out just a little bit because you'll see that, that bait kind of move out, that live bait move uh, out toward the ends of the docks as the tide falls. And then as it gets out lower, you're going to fish the very edge of them docks. Instead of pulling up in between them, unless there's a lot of water, if it's shallow, you're going to pull all the way out to the edge of those docks and you're going to fish right on, right on the edge of the front of those docks. Those fish will be pulled right out there and they'll lay. They'll lay up under it. Uh, they'll lay on the, the eddy side of it or the, the calm side of it, if, whichever way the tide's pulling. They're going to get out of the current so they, they don't have to fight so much to be there. And so do you like deeper in general more of deeper water docks the shallow water docks not necessarily and i'm going to tell you why i've caught i've caught flounder on top water baits drum fishing in 12 inches of water i've i've actually had to get out of the boat and, and walk up to and walk 20 foot from the boat up against the grass to giga flounder and the water wasn't over my ankles so he he just needs enough water to cover his back so you you can fish out of water for it it's just they're going to follow back wherever the bait's at. They're going to pull back off where that bait's at. And then you mentioned this. I didn't, I'm didn't. i not sure. I, I think I followed. So a dock with a boat lift, you like to be put a bait right underneath that boat lift because it typically blows out a little bit of a depression? I'm going to try to skip that bait right up underneath that boat. And you don't want to hit people's boats, and you don't want to touch their docks when you're fishing this. So you want to try to do it as easy, you know, best you can without getting on it. They, they can't same thing to you about fishing the dock unless you touch it but uh i'm gonna pitch up underneath that boat and i'm just gonna work that bait real slow back and uh, a lot of times there'll be one land right on that boat where it's uh, where it's blew that hole out 
And is there such a thing as too deep a water? Is there water that you like, man, I don't like this. I'd rather have it shallower. No. When you're fishing deeper water, I try to fish a little heavier lure to get it down. That's, that's the only thing I change. So, no, I, I'll fish deep water for them just like I will shallow water. So, people watching this podcast right now, it's saying, all right, look for pilings, look for docks, and ICW, I mean, throughout, and then seawalls. You say you like to work a whole seawall, or is it, you know, give me a little bit more on detail on I'll, that. I'll work the whole seawall. I'll, I'll set my trolling motor. And I'll pull into the into a dock if if there's docks around this seawall. I'll pull in between them, set my spot lock, and we'll I'll fan cast that thing all the way around from one at one dock all the way around to the seawall and all the way around to the dock behind me, and uh, and I'll fish it real slow. And that's what I used to do when I got people on the boat. I will put one on the bow, one in the middle, one on the back, and uh, and we'll just fan cast it that way. But throw I mean bounce it off that seawall, throw it right up against it. Um, or just up under that dock just as good as you can and because they, they'll lay right way up underneath them well since this episode is titled basically artificials for flounder artificials for inshore flounder i figured that would be perhaps dominate our discussion so let's go ahead and start that discussion about okay. what you like we'll get to how you like to use them but maybe first we'll start with what you like to use some of the different options well you can get all right, there it is. Fallen Tide Lures or Strike King makes a spinner bait. And I started out using these for drum. And the bycatch on them is flounder. This is pretty much my favorite color, the chartreuse one. Uh, just a slow roll. And they will knock the fire out of it. They'll just about take it out of your hand, the flounder will. And uh, so that's a very good bait for you to use. Uh, Freedom Lures makes a jig head. And I don't even know if you can find them anymore. I bought every one I could find at one time, but you can see the head jiggles on it. When you you bounce that thing, and when it falls, it's going to fall just like that, and that Z-Man bait's going to hold straight up, or a Zoom wheel. Zooms be straight up. They're very good. Uh, Z-Man makes a head or makes a jig head kind of like that also. That works works just fine. Uh, I just kind of like these, and that's I use them till I ain't got any more of them. And uh, here's the Z-Man one. And you just bounce that, pop that thing off the bottom and let it fall. You, you can see how that head shakes. But just pop it off the bottom and let it fall. And let me let me uh, say something about that fall. You need to feel that bait hit the bottom. Whenever you pop that thing up, you need to feel it fall. Because 95% of the time, that flounder is going to hit that bait on the fall. And if you don't feel it, whenever you go to move it, you're going to feel some kind of resistance and it may be a rock and maybe a log and, may, and it may be a flounder. So you have no choice, but set the hook. You're either going to catch a flounder or you're going to get hung. So it's really, really important to feel that bait fall. All right. So um, we're going to, I want to, I'm going to push you back and talk a little bit more about those artificial choices before, because <laughs> I, you know, I know we have to talk about how to use them. So on the spinner bait, we'll go back to that mm -hmm. first on that spinner bait. What do you say? You like a chartreuse soft plastic? Why is that? I just think the color chartreuse has always been a good color, uh, good color form, especially in clear water. It's a, it's a very good color. Uh, white does work. Uh, white it actually works a lot. Just certain baits I want in that chartreuse color. And that's like a spinner bait, or when I'm using these, uh, I use the spro bucktails. That's that's my favorite thing in the world to use for them. I'd rather throw that all day long than throw anything else. 
and I'll put a four inch gulp shrimp on it. I'll either use glow chartreuse tail or I'll use a white or I'll use a, shot, a solid chartreuse jerk shad just, uh, just on these right here. And that is, uh, that is the, the most fun way I've ever caught any trout, uh, any flounder. All right. Bait right. So I'm trying to stay organized here. So on a spro bucktail, you like a gulp bait. I like a gulp bait. On a spro bucktail, but you weren't talking about gulp baits on the other jig heads, right? No, but you can, you can actually, and I've got one right here where I put a, I took the actual um, Redfish Magic tail okay. off, and I put on a Z-Man. You can you can you can take those tails off and put any curly tail or any paddle bait you want on it. So you don't you don't have to stay with theirs. You can do anything you want. And most Z-Man comes scented already. Uh, you know, naturally gulps already scented. Anything that's not scented, I lay the pro, uh, procure to it, and uh, it, it it actually ups your odds of, of catching a fish. Well, that's what I was going to go, man. I was going to wonder if you, because you were talking about Z-Man, you're talking about some soft plastics that don't typically come with scent, and but you add scent. If you're not using a gulp, you're adding scent. I add scent to every, just about every plastic that I use except for a gulp, except for a wet bait, as I call it. And like gulp's a wet bait, and you're not, it won't stick to it. It'll just, it'll actually fall off of it. So you, you know, on a dry plastic bait, it, you, I use a lot of, lot of uh, Procure on it. You got a particular and, uh, flavor of Procure you go to more than often than not? I use mullet and shrimp mainly. Sometimes I use manhattan and scored what I'm fishing for. But if I'm fishing for flounder, I use the mullet more than anything. Mullet more than anything. And yeah. then chartreuse and white, whether we're talking Z-Man, whether we're talking gulp, is that pretty consistent? That's, that's pretty pretty standard for me, yeah. Um, all right. So now, now let's go to how to fish them. What are we going to talk about first? We're going to talk about spinner. We're going to talk about jig head. We're going to talk about a bucktail. Well, talk the the spinner baits. We'll go ahead and do that one. Okay. And it's it's just a slow roll. You, you cast it up against that uh, seawall or that dock or that the creek mouth or oyster bed or whatever you're fishing that structure. And just slow roll it off the bottom. You don't don't wind it fast. Just keep it just barely enough to keep it off the bottom, and uh, it'll it, it'll do its work. So if slow you, you know, roll is like slow retrieve. I'm not imparting any action on it. I'm not lifting or jigging on any way. No, just a it's steady its, retrieve. It's got its own action. Just a slow steady retrieve. And the goal is to keep it near the bottom, but just not bouncing off the bottom. Right. Yeah, I, I try not. I try to because if you're fishing around a lot of structure, if you touch, you know, get right on the bottom with some of those lures, you're going to lose them. Okay. So I, I just try to keep that moving on a slow roll. And, okay, so now a jig head, and you were. I like what you were showing us. I like that you're showing us jig heads with basically a wobble head. I don't know the technical way to describe it. And I like that I you've already showed us how it's sort of standing straight up. So talk to me a little bit more about jig head soft plastic. Well, these right here. The way I fish them is, is I'll give them a sharp pop off the bottom, and I'll kind of get my slack tight so I can feel it fall. And when that thing hits the bottom, it's going to do just like this right here. And, you know, most of the time when you're fishing a plastic or uh, and naturally live bait, but when you're fishing a plastic, if it's big enough, the bait's big enough or your jig head's too small, you got to kind of feed it to that fish uh, just for a second to, get, to make sure he gets the hook in his mouth. This one right here, the hook sets far enough back. If you don't set it as soon as he hits it, you, he's going to swallow it. He'll have it down his throat. And that's a, I got a three and a half out um, 
what is it? It's an eagle claw. It's made DOA hook on it. They actually made that hook for uh, for their airheads, I think. But this jig head right here, you can take this hook on and off. You can change the size of the hook and put whatever you want on it. It's got a, a spiral wire in it, for back of a uh, lack of a better word. But uh, you can change the hook on it and put bigger or smaller if you want. But I found that that three and a half volt works great on it. And like I say, that, that thing right there, and the water will keep it moving. Uh, uh, gulp jerk shad work great on it, especially when you're fishing current because it'll keep it it'll keep that thing wobbling just like that right there. And they'll they'll knock the fire out of it. So you, it looks like you have that sort of set weedless. Is that right? Like you have the hook laying on the back. Can you talk to yes, a little bit more about that? It's rigged weedless. Uh, that'll help you skip it underneath docks. It'll help you fish or the seawall or whatever. Because most of these seawalls are going to have rocks laying out in front of them, or they they might be boards or somebody's dock is washed up in front of them that you can't see. This this will kind of help you save some of your lures. So, so help me help me figure out because I often have this question, even though I've been told and shown a number of times, how exactly I want that hook sort of laying on the back of that soft plastic as far as barb showing, not showing. Like what's what's the ideal presentation when you're fishing weed with soft plastic? I'm going to lay it right on top. I'm not going to really. I, I really don't want to stick it in the bait much. And far as the Z-Man goes, you can't really stick it in because the bait's the bait's just different. So uh, the way it's made, you, it's hard to get a hook in to stay in it. So I'm just going to slide it and I'm just right on top of it, just like that, where it can't be seen. Uh, and I will suggest any of these plastics like this that you use, take you some super glue with you because it won't take much for that that thing to just to start sliding off. But if you'll put your drop of super glue on it when you put it on, you can fish with it all day long till, they, till the fish finally tires it up. So you're talking about the soft plastic sliding down the hook, that which can often just sort of pull that soft plastic out of the game so what you yes sir how to tell me a little bit more i'm intrigued and i see the logic behind it but i am putting a drop of super glue right on the end of the soft plastic before i work it the hook through it but you uh once i get it up to where i want it i'll kind of pull it back a little bit and put a drop on the okay and then i'll slide the hook the bait back up on top of it so super glue holding up the soft plastic so it keeps up its integrity yeah, that won't work on the gulp because, like I say, it's a wet bait. I've never been real successful with it on the gulp, but any of these other plastics, it, it works a lot. Works and great. I'm throwing that thing up there underneath the dock. I'm trying to get as close to a pylon as I can. I'm trying to work different pylons, you know, looking in the shallower water and working my way out. And I'm popping it once, then letting it fall back down, letting it sit, popping it again, and then I'm right. just repeating that action all the way back to the boat. Sometimes, yeah, you can pop it one time and wind your slack, or pop it twice real hard and let it fall. Let it. You want to try to keep everything within 18 inches of the bottom. If you're fishing that deeper water, um, you you want to you want to you want it to go back to the bottom pretty quick. And uh, like I say before, it's very important to feel it hit the hit the bottom when it goes down. You but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm just gonna give it a quick pop and let it fall, and then a quick pop. I'm not, I'm not gonna let it sit there very long before I pop it again. Not gonna sit very, and then you're gonna fish it all the way back to the boat, or really just I'll, target the the dock zone. I'll fish it all the way back to the boat, just all the way back to the boat, because I, you know, reason I'm I'm gonna say this, uh, and we can touch on this again in a minute if you'd like. Um, but when I go to moving from dock to dock, and I'm standing on the bow running a trolling motor, and I'm and I got a jig head, I mean a bucktail on, I'll drop that bucktail right down beside the boat, 
and just bounce it right straight up and down as I'm easing up to the next dock. And I've caught several nice flounder just right underneath the boat. And you don't run a flounder off as easy as you do a drum or a trout or anything like that. Um, unless you hit him with a trolling motor or he's very, very shallow and you, you pull over the top of him. But if you're in three foot of water, the odds are you're not going to scare him off. So he'll lay right there till you go right over the top of him. So if you can bounce that bait in front of him when you're moving like that, you'll, you'll catch him. And am I on this uh, lead head soft plastic? I mean, am I setting the hook? Am I like Bill Dance setting the hook? You, you set the uh, Tiger Woods golf swing hook. Set. <laughs> you want that thing to swish when you, when you set it. <laughs> All right. And you say mostly with the lead head soft plastic, that bite's going to happen on the fall. It's going to so, happen on the fall. So if I'm on the boat and I'm sort of losing contact with the lead head as it's falling, I guess I'm over jigging. How do you help correct your clients? Like, you know, you want your clients to have the best chance of success. So if, the, if you see them having trouble maintaining contact on the fall, how do you typically advise them? Yes. You, you tell them to slow down a little bit and just every time they bounce it, kind of kind of wind wind down just a little bit as it's falling just wind down so you can you can keep that tension on the bait and then once it hits the bottom just let it set just for a second let it set there and then you pop it again and do the same thing just just slowly just keep your line tight uh, i mean you can keep your rod tip higher and do it but that's going to take some hook set away from you if, if one hits it on the fall and how heavy of a lead head are you using i'm guessing it depends on the current the tide how much the I, water I love to use the 16th if i can uh, sometimes you have to use a, up to a three-sixteenths or a quarter uh, to fish some of these places just to get it on the bottom. It's it's harder it's harder to fish in ten foot of water. It's harder to fish an eighth or a sixteenth and, and stay in contact with the bottom. So I'll go to a three-sixteenths or a quarter. And then what or, about what about leader, man? We haven't talked about leader yet. What do you like to use there? I use thirty-pound fluorocarbon, and uh, I, I just it's a little bit more abrasive. I really like like it. Uh, I don't know that you got to have it for them. Uh, you are kind of finessing fishing the bait, so uh, it, I mean it's got its place for it. So I, I do like, and I use the pink more than I do anything. I use that Yozuri. Uh, can't remember the exact name of it, but it's pink, and uh, it's worked for me uh, for a long time. And usually, how long of a leader you think is adequate? I'll do actually. I'll do 18 inches, maybe 24 inches. Sometimes it's according. If I'm fishing a, a place that's really rough, and you know you're gonna you're gonna scar it up. So if you if you uh, rough up the first six inches for the bait set, then you can cut it and retie it and cut it and retie it if you, as you need it. And it also gives you more because I use braid. I use a I use braided line on everything. So, and it's it is uh, the tighter that braid is, once it touches something, it cuts it real easy. But you put that 30 pound on it. And if that's what was rubbing the piling or rubbing the whatever's on the bottom or the bridge, uh, it kind of takes just a little bit more, a uh, little more to cut it. Now, they will cut it, but it takes a little more to do it. So another question I have, and I believe I've been told this, and it's another thing that I just lose track of. Maybe, maybe right here, right now, I committed to memory. So on that lead head, tying the fluoro to the lead head, Am I tying a loop knot so that it can have more action, or that doesn't matter? I can just tie some kind of cinch knot to have a potentially stronger knot. You tie any knot that you're comfortable with. Sometimes I'll tie the loop, sometimes I'll tie it straight on. It all depends on how big of a hurry I'm in and uh, how fast everything's going, how fast the current, how, how I'm having to fight the boat to keep it in position and everything else. A loop knot is awesome. 
but sometimes you don't have the time to do that. So any, any knot you feel comfortable with will work. So if you were in a tournament, I don't know, let's say like a fisherman's post flounder tournament, you know, unshameful plug right there, you would want a loop knot. I would use a loop knot. That would give you your best action. But if time is a crunch or you just want more confidence, then it doesn't matter. But given your druthers, you go loop. I would. I would okay. tie a loop knot. It's just that little bit more action, just uh, making letting that bait do more freely, look more natural than uh, than it just holding it still. Yeah. So, um, how about the bucktail now? You know, I don't know how different that is from your leadhead soft plastic. And I'm going to back you up again and just tell me again, because I had a little trouble following. I, I know I heard four inch gulp shrimp. Some of the options of what you like to put on that bucktail first you, and then tell me how you like to use that bucktail you can use any plastic on it you want but i use the gulp it's already scented uh, so you don't have to do anything but put it on and fish it uh, the way i fish that bucktail is i'll pitch it up underneath the dock or up against the seawall or or just i've pitched it right straight out in the middle of a bay that had a deep channel running through it and I just, i'll bounce that thing i'll pop it off up real hard off the bottom just like i do the other baits and I'm going to wind down real quick because I want to feel it. And when they hit that, it, it makes it, it's a three-quarter ounce. I'll use, a, I'll use a heavier bucktail than I will anything else because I want to feel it hit the bottom better than anything else I fish. And uh, when they hit that bait, they are going to knock the socks off of it. And when they hit it, you better set the hook right then because there's a lot of metal right there. And it's not going to take him but a second to figure out that is not what he wants. And he's going to spit it. So as soon as you get a hit or think you got a hit or as soon as you lift it off the bottom and you feel you better set the hook right then. Don't don't wait. And that bite's typically coming on the fall. That bite's going to be coming on the fall. All right. Absolutely. Um, and so, again, I'm sorry that I'm having trouble processing this. You you also like gulp on the lead heads or no? Gulp is specifically more of a bucktail game for you. Gulp is awesome bait on anything you use it on. It is uh, it's good on the jig heads, uh, it's on the bucktails, on the spinner baits, anything. Like like I was saying before, it's already scented, so you don't have to do anything but put it on there and fish it. You just got to figure out what what color you you need to use and what action, what way you need to fish it. But no, it's it's already everything's already done for you. You just got to figure out those two things. Um, since we're talking gear, man, I guess maybe this is the time to talk to me about rod reel selection. You got any? preference there does it matter much i use a th uh, either a 3000 size or a 4000 size reel uh, the 3000 reels i use 15 the 4000 i use 20 you want to if you're fishing this structure you want a reel that's got a pretty good drag on it um in a in a good rod you want at least a medium action rod because these fish if you hang a good fish around some structure he's going to show you how good your stuff is he, and he, you've got to get him out and I, i'm going to give you a, for instance i, I throw a, i use a bait caster um, when I'm throwing bucktails, that's the only thing I ever use it for, and because it, it reminds me so much of bass fishing to fish these these uh, bucktails. Um, I got my drag set where it'll take a four pound flounder to pull the drag on it, because when I set the hook on him, I want it out of that whatever I'm fishing around. I want to get him out of it, and uh, so you you need a good drag, a good strong line, uh, 20 30 pounds on a four thousand, uh, at least a twenty pound, and so you can put some pressure on him. And, and don't be afraid to have your drag set tight because he, he's going to shake his head and he's going to do his thing 
But if if you got that drag where he can run, he's gonna he's gonna run you around them, them pylons, and you're not gonna get him. So it's better to have it tight and, and have a chance to get him out of it than it is to just let him keep running and not. Okay, I'm gonna circle back around to a little bit more follow up on where to fish, and if we talked about it again, I apologize. Is there a certain tide that you like? I mean, basically what I'm trying to do at this point, and I do this with the podcast, is sort of approach it from the perspective of a beginner, someone that's you know just wanting to get this going, doesn't bring much pre-knowledge to the situation. So that person now is watching this and is going, all right, I know of docks in the ICW. I pass docks all the time. You know, what, am I, what are my best chances there? Does water clarity matter, like how clean the water is? And it, does it, tide matter or time of day? Does any of that factor into your decision? The tide does matter uh, on what part of that dock or or, or seawall that you're going to fish or ledge off that seawall. That does matter. Uh, like I was saying earlier, low tide, you're going to pull out to the end of those docks and, and fish more on, on the end of them. And as the tide comes in, you can you can ease your way up in between them or, you know, further to the bank or the grass or the seawall or whatever it is and, and fish it there but you can still fish it all the way out to the end but when that tide starts pulling out those flounder are going to pull out of that shallower water and they're going to pull to the end of those docks and uh if bridges it really don't matter you just need to get it what on whatever end of the bridge piling that's just gotten the slack water as wherever when the water's running by it'll be it'll be slack and they're going to get in that and that's where they're going to lay it's not going to matter as far as tide goes in that place as much as it does around the docks or the seawalls because most of the pilings are out in deeper water to start with. All right. Um, man, I, I think we've hit all the talking points. I mean, we've hit the talking points at least that we talked about, but I hate to wrap it up without, you know, offering to the captain, hey, what what hasn't been said? You know, help my people out. Any Any final thoughts about giving them the best chance of success to go out and target inshore flounder with artificials because it's so easy. I mean, you don't have to catch bait. You don't have to keep bait alive. I think it makes it very accessible, you know, to have a bucktail or to have a leadhead and have some soft plastic and then have some scent. Like, that's an easy approach. Plus, I think it, you know, you forego the, do I set the hook? Do I wait? Do I set the hook? Do I wait? Because, you know, on the artificial, man, it happens and it happens it's it's great. It reminds you just how ferocious a feeder these guys are. Like they you they they attack it and you set the hook. What else can you share with my people to help them, you know, go out kind and of, have success? Kind of change your tactics if you're not if you're not getting any bites. You can kind of you can you can come up with a way that that works for you. The way you fish may not work for me, and the way I fish may not work for you. So you got to find your way. You got to find your bait. You got to find what you have confidence in to use. Uh, just don't give up and have patience because that's the three main things of catching the flounder is patience all three of them uh, so you, you you know just just slow down uh, don't be afraid to change baits change colors find you one that works for you and use it but if you go out there one day and it's not don't be afraid to change to something else and try it and just and just you know if you catch a fish on this cast and you fished it different than you did the other ones take note of that that's what you want to do the next time but that may not work the next time you go fishing. So you need, you're going to have to play around with it to figure out what's working that day. Is there a time of year? I mean, we're, we're in the summer months and I wanted to build this as summer inshore flounder. Is there a time of month that artificial works better than live bait? Or I mean, a time of the season, a time of the year that artificial works better than live bait. Is there a time of the calendar year 
where live bait will clearly outproduce artificials? I don't think there's no season that either one of them outfish the other. There are days that they'll bite live bait before they will anything else, and there will be days that you'll outfish somebody with you throwing a plastic in a live bait. And uh, it's just, you know, you just got to figure out, you got to be committed. Unless you want to go catch bait and have everything on the boat and two or three rods rigged up for with Carolina rigs for live bait or something like that, uh, you just got to commit to what you want to do and, and go go at it go at it like that. Okay. Hey, uh, Dale, I know you're more than a flounder fisherman. You know, you've been charter fishing for a while now in that Swansboro area. Um, tell my people, you know, who might be thinking about booking you to experience this firsthand or maybe just to fish with you in some other capacity. Give me the highlight reel, man. What are you, what is Fisher Die Charters targeting throughout the calendar year? Give me the spring, summer, fall, winter recap. Well, I do I red drum fish year round. If we have very mild winters, we we're catching we catch red drum twelve months out of the year. Uh the flounder kinda leave and they'll get out of here, there'll still be some left. And we'll still catch one once in a while when we're drum fishing in the winter, but nobody really goes and targets them then. And then you know, we got the fall, uh, September, October, November, December, and then maybe January, February, we'll, we're pretty much trout fishing. Uh, but I'll start looking for schools of drum in January, and hopefully I can stay on them January, February, and March. Uh, April, most of the time the flounders don't, has started moving in in April. And uh, it, they'll, they, they're not around the docks and stuff yet, but they've started coming in, and they're, they're in the, the creeks and main channels in behind the islands uh, where they're coming in the, in the inner um, endless um october november is your best chance to catch a a big big flounder and the reason i'm saying that is is all these all the big flounder all the big females and stuff everything is staging up in october and november to go back into the ocean so they're going to be around these creeks and these docks and stuff that's feeding in from the waterway and that's the docks and stuff you want to you want to really hit is any docks that's got this that's got a straight shot to the to the inlet because those fish are coming right straight in through that inlet, and they're going right straight to them docks, and they're dispersing out, going up and down the, the intercoastal waterway. And I mean, that's like uh, Bear Island, uh, Bear Inlet, Bogue Inlet, uh, which you got Browns Inlet, but it has no docks. But uh, when you get up to Moorhead City, you got the seawall, and you got all those docks and, and marinas and stuff up there. They're going right straight to that stuff. So, but they're or they're slowly working their way into that stuff. But when they first come in, you're going to catch them in, in, like I say, in the deeper channels and stuff, the main channels. You're behind the islands. All right. Hey, Dale, I appreciate it, man. This has been a good talk. I mean, I know there's an interest in flounder. You and I both know interest in flounder out there. And, again, I think that inshore artificials is a great angle. I appreciate you talking to us about it. And uh, looking forward to next time. Looking forward to fishing with you again. Looking forward to talking fishing with you again. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. And, everybody, it opens August the 16th. If you want to catch them, you better be out there because it's, it's shaping up to be one of the best flounder times I've ever seen. Um, we're already, we're catching them, um, catching them good and catching some pretty ones. So just be out there today it opens. I'm going to be with you or without you. I'm going to be out there. <laughs> well, this is, this might be the point in the podcast where I recognize that Dale Collins, Captain Dale Collins, has put me on the biggest flounder of my career. All right. Uh, nine pounder. It's the biggest flounder caught on my boat with a rod and reel, too. Biggest flounder caught on Dale Collins' <laughs> boat with a rod and reel. That uh, title belongs to Gary Hurley. Somebody get a crane in here and take the roof but, off so we can fit Gary's head in this building. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. 
I did have a woman named Melinda gigged a nine two, the oh, biggest lounder we ever gigged. Well, you tell Melinda. <laughs> I don't. I, mean, I better watch that. Watch this right I better. Here. I don't know Melinda. You don't know Melinda. That's right. <laughs> she'll, hey, she'll, she'll watch this, so she'll call you. <laughs> Careful, Dale. Thank you very much. Thank you. Y'all have a great evening. Oh, you too, Dale. Thanks, man. That was awesome, Gary. So much. What was so awesome? My nine-pound flounder was awesome, or Dale's discussion of inshore flounder on artificials? I think that Melinda gigged a bigger flounder than you was was the most awesome. Gigged. Gig. <laughs> Anybody can gig, sissy stick holder, whatever. <laughs> I know I'm going to get punched in the face next time I go in the store. <laughs> I better watch Melinda it. knows what you look like, but we don't know what Melinda looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> That's her advantage. Hey, Billy Thorpe. Here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. Billy's best takeaway would be? Um, I think that yeah, I'm a bait guy. I love what you know different baits or whatever so the little the spinny bait that people usually use for the spinny drum, bait the spinny bait that's what we call it it's probably on the package somewhere if you read the details prices aka spinny bait <laughs> melinda says spinner bait but you can say spinny bait if you wish <laughs> thank goodness i'm editing this right <laughs> yeah i'll say spinny bait i'll stay with my first option now that's a pretty cool to see how you know work that keep it up off the bottom just a little because I'll go out there all day and slave away on a on a jig head and, and not get anything. And this, so that's a good switcheroo. Yeah, man. Sometimes just that slow retrieve is just easy to do. You you think less, and it's pretty easy to just slow retrieve, cast slow retrieve instead of trying to maintain contact. You know, off yeah. the bottom. You know, have a feel. Because so, I yeah. think people think flounder just like all all the time on the bottom. And they won't come up and attack anything, but not true. Not I've, true. I've heard a lot of fishermen say they've caught them up in the water column before. So. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Well, that's been a good show, Gary. How to watch, how to listen. Well, let's see. Here we go. I'll pull up the slide one more time. Listen on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can watch or listen, watch and listen, I guess, on YouTube. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and also share those episodes. It really helps us out with the algorithm. Uh, if, you, if you like this podcast and brings value, just hit that subscribe button, man. And um, it's all made possible by Marine Warehouse this episode. So we really appreciate those guys again. We do. We love those guys. Awesome. And, you know, send us in your photos. Send us in your videos. Ideally, it would be videos of less than a minute. And uh, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for the feedback. We thank you for the comments. We thank you for the involvement. We are enjoying it. It seems like you're enjoying it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Go work your spinny baits. See ya. Fisherman's <laughs>